For those of you who have lost money, like millions overnight. For those of you who are or have been in personal debt. For those of you who have been at rock bottom, ready to give up. Get ready because it's gonna get a whole lot worse. And that's a great thing. This is Below Zero to Hero, a brain dump by The Fail Coach, helping entrepreneurs develop a healthy relationship with failure. Look, failure can't be feared. It's the number one killer of creativity, ideas, dreams, and even entrepreneurs themselves. And it's thought will never get in your way again. With the right mindset, failure can be step one into a new journey of being a better leader, having better balance, better relationships, and most importantly, success. So bring it on. This is Below Zero to Hero with The Fail Coach. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another podcast interview. Today, we have Lars here with us. And hello, Lars. Welcome to the show. And can you please quickly introduce yourself, who you are, and what do you do? Yeah, thanks for having me. This is, uh, this is exciting. So I've, I've really, um, you know, I started in real estate uh, 12 years ago and quickly learned that the life of a real estate agent uh, was not a life worth living. And um, quickly got to building systems and extracting myself from different parts of that business to the point where, you know, this year it's a three and a half million dollar uh, super profitable organization that runs, you know, mostly without me. I work uh, one day a week in that business. And then six years ago, I started coaching, you know, real estate team leaders that wanted to make the shift from real estate agent to business owner uh, using systems and uh, sustainable business practices. Okay, that sounds pretty interesting. Lars, how did you end up in real estate? What was your background before that, before the 12-year mark? Yeah, so I mean, I had a corporate background, um, which was uh, interesting. Um, I did acquisitions and strategy for an aerospace company. I had an engineering undergrad. I went to Duke uh, to get a, an executive MBA. And you know, I think it was a combination of uh, I invested in some real estate and I sort of got... Um, my feet wet a little bit to see what the world of residential real estate looks like. And I was just really attracted to it. And I, I knew that if I, I kind of, well, I can't say that I honestly knew it. Um, looking back, it's easy to say that I had a plan. Um, I didn't really know what I was getting into when I became a real estate agent. Um, but the opportunity opened up as I got into it and realized that most of the jobs a real estate agent does don't, they don't pay a lot of money. Um, and I just kind of broke down the 12 different front functions, you know, in a real estate agent's life and, uh, and got to work on, on just building some, some structures and foundations, uh, around those functions. Okay. Well, I mean, we won't go too much into the real estate stuff, uh, because, uh, we want to talk about business, uh, but, you know, uh, listeners, if you are interested, I can always call Lars back and do another episode with him and we can focus that one on more real estate advice if, if, if of course, you, Lars, would be up to. Uh, but what I'm, what I'm most interested to hear is you say building businesses where you don't have to be in the business and with all the hustle, hustle, grind, grind stuff that we are hearing all over the internet. You know, most entrepreneurs, they think once you become an entrepreneur, you do that 16 hours a day, seven days a week, and you were able to break free from that. So tell us more about that. How does that look like? 
Yeah, you know, I think one of my the one of the things I realized so early on, which is applicable to any entrepreneur, is you know you have to make a decision um, on the value of your time. And I remember reading a book by Dan Kennedy, and there was a chapter in there on. I don't even remember the name of the chapter, but it, it took me through an exercise like how much money do do I want to make and how many hours do I want to work? Um, and it also made the, you know, the, the, the commentary, how many, how much money did you make last year and how many hours did you work? And, uh, you know, looking at, let's say you want to make $250,000 a year and you're willing to put in 50 hour work weeks, that's 2,500 hours in a year. It's simple math. 250,000 divided by 200 and uh, 2,500 hours is a hundred dollars an hour. And if you want to make a hundred dollars an hour, by definition, my number was $250 an hour, 500 divided by 2000. And by definition, I have to let go of a lot of tasks that are, that I can hire someone to do for less than $50 an hour. And 90% of the tasks a real estate agent does outside of listing appointments really um, are, are lower level tasks there that you can hire someone to show homes for you. You can hire someone to, to administer your marketing. You can hire someone, you know, to do all these different parts of a real estate agent if you can master the marketing side of the business. So really it was the thing I love about business is that we all have the same amount of hours in a week, 168 hours. And what are you going to do with those hours? Where are you going to put your time in your business? If you are a quote unquote entrepreneur and you're not really looking at your time and where you spend it, uh, you're going to lose the game. You know, and if, if that, that's assuming you have income goals, I'm assuming that most entrepreneurs have income goals. And if you want to make a million dollars, my new number is a million dollars, um, which I've earned before. I didn't work it. I didn't do it working only a thousand hours. So I, my new number is a thousand dollars an hour and, um, I'm still working, you know, 40 hours a week. So I'm, I'm still working 2000 hours. So my, my wage isn't quite up there, but it was a very simple calculation and your mindset I wrote that $250 an hour on like little index cards and my mindset around everything I touched changed from, from the moment I did that exercise. Well, I mean, to be honest, most entrepreneurs are really solopreneurs because they try to learn everything. They try to do everything. And I get it. In the beginning, if you don't have enough money um, to leverage the power of other people and to be able to, you know, employ others or hire VAs and things like that. Yes, you do have to do that little sprint and start making some money by doing most of the things by yourself. But as soon as you break free uh, from, you know, uh, uh, that circle and you start making at least a little bit more money that than you need on a monthly basis, everybody should start hiring help and leveraging the power of other people. When, when did you start doing that? Yeah. And I think the reason why um, most entrepreneurs and business owners don't get to the point where they can hire someone uh, is because they're focusing on the wrong thing. So they're not focusing on, on the income producing activities. You know, that's, that's where I was focused on out of the gate. Like I figured out how to generate leads, what to say when I called them back or emailed them, um, and how to get face to face, how to get them to commit to working with me. Um, and then, 
it was before my first, it was February of my first full year in real estate that I hired an assistant. And in real estate, probably like most industries, uh, only 15% of real estate agents even have an administrator. And that administrator, I remember I hired her for 20 hours a week, $14 an hour. She, for like one week, she lasted part-time. She went full-time. I gave her a raise and I would focus on anything that generated revenue and she would focus on everything else. And I didn't even really care about anything else except finding the next buyer or seller to work with, getting them in a home, you know, so whatever that is for you, if you're listening to this, what is the one or two things, what are the one or the two things that you must do to generate revenue? And by definition, you could hire, we've got VAs that work for $5 an hour that are extraordinary, you know, that can handle a lot of, you know, the, the, the behind the scenes stuff. Um, so for me, it came, you know, February, like before my 12th month in the business was even over. Uh, and then less than probably about a year and a half after that, I hired someone that could show homes and work with buyers because that was taking up my evenings and weekends. And so again, it was just another piece that I could, I could get someone for 30 to $40 an hour to take off, you know, half of my business away from me. And, uh, yeah, so just thinking, thinking through that, um, and just looking for leverage points. And then also, you know, I, I spent time working on systems to, to, to generate leads automatically. So systems work is hard for a lot of entrepreneurs because it requires that we sit still for a little bit of time. Um, and once you're able to do that, you can build a system for generating, you know, opportunities to follow up with people. Then, you know, you're not sort of desperate for that next opportunity. Um, so that's another thing that I focused on outside of the administrative support was building a system that could sort of keep the, the, the funnel filled from, from the top of the um, funnel. I think that for a lot of entrepreneurs, one of the key things um, why they don't hire soon um, is, you know, that they Mr. Perfectionist or Miss Perfectionist in their head thinking I can do better than anybody else. And that's my next question to you is when you decided that you want to start hiring people and not for the smaller tasks, let's say, you know, the person that you hire to show people around and so on, most entrepreneurs would be afraid to outsource that to somebody else thinking, oh, that person can't do same good job as I can. So how do you approach hiring people? How do you approach doing your due diligence on these people so that you know that you can trust them and, and, and give them that responsibility? Yeah. And, and the first part of your comment is probably worth addressing. It's the mindset that you know, you're only probably good at, let's say 10 things happen, have to happen really excellent for you to go from where you are today to running a $10 million business. Let's just say there's 10 things. The reality is, is that you're really only uniquely qualified for maybe one out of the 10. And so in the beginning, you have to do all 10 or some stuff is not even getting done. Um, but to realize that um, your goal is to get to the point where you're only doing the, the one thing that you're uniquely qualified to do. Um, and once you realize that, 
it's the mental shift that I need to get people to do all the other things and they're uniquely qualified. You know, for example, in my coaching business, we have 10 people on the team. Uh, each of them are uniquely qualified for their position and they're better at their, their position than I ever was. I just sat in on a, we were onboarding a new higher level client and the guy I hired to do these strategic game plan, it's our initial call we do with somebody. I used to do them. Uh, it's a, it's a higher level where they get, get some access to me. And I said, Andy, why don't you, why don't you run with this? Cause I knew we built out a new process that was, and he did it 10 times better than I've ever done it. And just the questions he asked and the, the, the care that he took and he didn't make him, make him feel bad about things they didn't have in their business. And I was just blown away. And I'm like, that is awesome. Like he, he is in his sweet spot. So, um, and then as far as hiring goes, you know, there's generally two types of people, you know, folks that are uh, drivers and and folks that are more support type people. Um, typically, when an entrepreneur is getting started, they need more support type people. There's not as much room in their world for a hard driver type personality because typically they're the hard driver and we're generally exhausting to be around. Um you know, it's it's an administrator that's keeping track of your calendar. They're keeping you out of email. Um, they're handling whatever in your business is administrative. And we use a simple uh, disk personality a personality profile called the DISC, um, and then we just validate it. And it also has a, a driver's part um, to it, where you can tell if they're what they're motivated by, and. That one tool with, you know, some standard interview questions, you know, you, you generally need to be surrounded by someone who's not like you, who's more support and compliant, you know, S and C in their personality than, than D and I. We use a company called WiseHire, W-I-Z-E-H-I-R-E.com. And the guy, he's, yeah, Jay Niblick, he's the guy that, uh, uh, it, on Tony Robbins' website, where everyone goes to get these for free, which you're not supposed to do. Um, he's the guy that, that it, he knows Tony Robbins personally. So, um, and, and it's, it's making sure you really know the type of personality that, that you need. And then, you know, just making sure you have a standard, you know, sort of procedure for asking questions and figuring out, you know, the patterns of the individual, not the potential as entrepreneurs. I, I find a lot of times that we tend to, uh, we see potential in others, even if it's, never even going to happen. You know, we, we think that everyone can, you know, rise to the occasion and, you know, uh, the truth is you need to look know, at the patterns of somebody and not the potential. And, and we, we often you know, listen too much and we don't yeah. look at their actions and we get sold on what they tell us instead of looking at what they do. But uh, you mentioned one other interesting thing. You said we just have a new process in place. How key are processes? What do they do for your business? Yeah. So, yeah. So, for, for that example, you know, we used to go into those calls. So, this is a high level, you know, 30, more than $30,000 a year program that we sell. <clears throat> I used to go into that call when it was just me. I used to go into the call and I would basically have to come up with magic. Like I would just, I'm, I'm, I'm good at talking. I can talk about different areas of their business. What we did was we kind of broke it down into four areas and kind of three points per each area. We built out a matrix, which we show them on the call. 
it guided our conversation. We rated them in each of the areas, red, yellow, or green, and we just kept the conversation going. And it's just an assessment. And then at the end of the call, we decide on two to three things to focus on. And now anyone, and I recorded it, I'm not anyone, Andy's super, super gifted. You know, Andy can go in now and run that at a higher level and he can bring a, a level of presence to it because he now has the backdrop of, you know, he's not lifting the whole conversation. He's just moving from point to point to point. And so having, and even before that, we sent out a questionnaire that had questions about each one of those drivers and the points we were going to talk about where they rated themselves one to five. So had they had the quick assessment they filled out and then we had a simple Google sheet with that guided the conversation. We took notes and at the end of the call, simple systems that neither of them cost us anything, you know, just to the, the things that are repeated in your business, you need to create a system around. So a, 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 a well-intentioned person with the right personality profile. Um, yeah, it's almost like turning you your company into a McDonald's restaurant, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I literally when was I'm thinking helping the same my thing. clients, like that's my obsession. I want to get them as close to uh, run, them running their business almost like a, like a McDonald's restaurant. One more thing from this conversation that I want to touch upon. So you find yeah. you found Andy. Andy is doing an amazing job. Uh, now, how do you keep Andy? Yeah, that's the that's the challenge with with talent. You need to make your world big enough where they can see themselves in your world. And, you know, for, you know, we're a two and a half million dollar business today and our aspiration is to grow to 10 million and beyond where we need someone whose unique gift is coaching. We need someone whose unique gift is marketing. We need someone. So that's what I found is that you know, we follow a three-year planning process and once a quarter, I talk to the entire team. It's only 10 of us now. Um, a, a key part of leadership is to be able to, you know, come up with a vision and to make sure everyone understands that vision and they buy into it and they see themselves in in that vision. Like what what would be available to me when this business achieves the vision? You know, when it's a $10 million business, what's, what's possible for me. And, uh, you know, I've, I've done that with others, others on the team. You know, I've had people that have been with me, you know, I had a conversation with somebody who's almost 10 years with me in a prior business. And she went from my real estate team to this business. She just took on a really big position with the team. And, you know, it's because she, she knows that the future is big for this business and she's connected I mean, to the I mission was, of serving our clients uh, and changing. I was their more lives. wondering, you know, and, like um, and, and you know, grounding uh, it for the that. value to our audience as well. I mean, do you use any, you know, incentives? Do you use any, you know, shares uh, to to pass on to your employees? Um, you know, do they have any programs that they go through? Um, do you offer them, you know, training or, you know, like what's, what's the driver so for, for them so that, you know, they aren't even thinking about changing their business? Like what's the motivator? If you can, you know, share a few possible motivators so that our audience can, you know, take that into an account.
Yeah. I mean, so I can only speak to, well, I only have experience in two businesses and, and one is, is a real estate services and one is, you know, providing coaching. Um, we find that the folks that stick around, yeah, money's definitely part of it. Um, you know, so making sure they know that there's, there's upside as they're adding more value, but then to also be clear about what that needs to look like. Um, I haven't done anything, you know, with ownership or anything like that. I don't know that that's the ultimate motivator for, for folks. We, in both businesses, we do a really good job of tying it to the, to the story of the person we're serving. So we share like in our coaching business, the real stories of transformation around, you know, around someone that we helped in their business and it helped them show up as a better father, save a marriage, lose 50 pounds, you know, and I think that that is kind of what binds that business together. And same thing on the real estate side. We every every week at a meeting, we share and and uh, helping a client that was deeply impacted by what we do. And so that's probably not the answer you were looking for. And I really do think that stuff matters is making sure that, you know, that they're connected, especially with younger, younger folks seem to seem to want to be attached to to a mission not to generalize millennials, but th- th- they tend to, you know, want to be part of something that is serving a bigger, okay. a bigger okay. mission. I mean, yeah, I was just know wondering, you know, matters. if you have any uh, concrete advice, you know, about, I don't know, options or something like that, that our audience can take away. Uh, but let me ask you another question. So you said that you are now solely focused on the business and no longer in the business. So how does that look like? Like what, what it is that you do? Yeah. So at this, at this point, you know, my, my unique abilities are, well, they're they're not they're not there there aren't that many in the real estate company. So in that business, I basically just add, you know I kind of look over the numbers and make sure we're tracking to our annual so quarterly, do you have like weekly a CEO goals there, in different uh, leading that and is lagging indicators. Managing the whole company um, as well, and, and you're just basically the owner who oversees the numbers on I don't know weekly, monthly, quarterly basis. Yeah, in in that business, so I got out of the real estate business in 2012. In January 2017, I took on a business partner that is that day to day manager that kind of lives in the business. So I'm I'm very far removed from that business. Um, from the coaching business, I've identified the three things that make you know make the front stage work, um, and it's content, it's training you know, one to many training and, you know, I'm doing some sales now, which are really profitable for us, you know, so I'm still in a revenue generating role in that business. Um, but I'm not doing any one-on-one coaching anymore in that business. So it's, it's, it's really getting clear on, you know, what, what, how can you add the most value to the business where your business is right now? Ideally, I wouldn't want to be in sales in this business, um, it's the one piece that I still have to let go, okay. but there's okay. nobody, we're not at the right well, time where we should hire Lars, someone to before, do it. Right before I go to my last question, um, tell us what it is in, in, in a bit more detail that um, our audience can contact your regard. Who do you serve and what do you help them with? Um, who's your ideal client? 
Yeah. So we serve, um, you know, real estate team leaders. So anyone that, that was a real estate agent, they're now bringing leverage around them and maybe you don't quite know how to do it. Um, that that's our sweet spot. We do really, really well right in there. And that's just kind of a small segment of, of the real estate industry. Um, and the only thing we have to sell is a conversation, a 45 minute conversation with, uh, with me personally, uh, about potential fit, what's working, what's not working. And it's just to go to realestatebschool.com. The B stands for business. It's business coaching to the real estate industry. Uh, so realestatebschool.com, there's a, uh, you know, just book in a business growth strategy session. And, uh, if you're a top producing agent and you want to build a team or you have a team so you're and you just haven't set the thing like up the right way and it's not as profitable. Your audience is from the U.S., am I right? Uh, yeah, I think we have a handful I mean, I will include your links anyway in, in the show Canada, notes but so yeah, people mainly can US. find it there and click and visit your website, book an appointment with you. And and now for my last question. I mean, you, you've already provided a lot of value so far. Um, so I would love to ask you, um, what's the one thing that our audience should take away from this interview? Like what's the one thing that you would like to share with them uh, that can help them grow and scale their business? Yeah, for, for me, when I look back on, you know, the, my journey um, and what I've been able to accomplish and the kind of net income that I earn now, it's really, it's focusing on, on de-linking time and money. You know, um, I measure my success in business as time, money, and stress. You know, I want more time to do what I want to do, more money to do it with, and less stress around me as a result of, of my businesses. And, um, deciding that this year I'm gonna, I'm gonna work hard to only do activities that are worth a hundred dollars an hour. It sounds so simple. And it is, it is the, the reason that I earned, you know, over $500 an hour last year and I'm moving toward a thousand. I will get to a thousand dollars an hour. I will get to $5,000 an hour, you know, and, and when you're in the trenches and if you only made a hundred grand and you're working 3000 hours a year, your time is worth $33 an hour. And it's a joke. You're not even an entrepreneur. You know, you're not even a business owner because if you stopped, you'd go out of business. And so it's just making those choices and then doing whatever you have to do through VAs or through, you know, bartering with somebody locally that can help you, you know, with administrative stuff, just getting out of the low level stuff and then eliminating crap from your life that, you know, is a waste of time, you know, you know, mind numbing consumption of social media, TV, news of any kind. Um, and just watch, watch who you're hanging out with and what, what's influencing, what's getting in your brain. That's the best advice that I have. And, and take a stand on your, your, your worth, because if you don't take a stand, you know, okay. people are going to um, decide that, what that you're that worth. And, and that's much, not uh, true entrepreneurship. The, the, how every entrepreneur should approach, uh, their entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I see so many entrepreneurs who kind of are stuck in that mindset where they think, okay, now I have the money freedom. I have a lot of money, uh, but I'm okay that I have to trade in my time because if I stop trading in my time for that, I will lose the money freedom. They can't see that you can have the freedom of both. 
Um, do you have a favorite mentor or yep, a favorite, right. you know, um, influencer that perhaps you follow? Um, I think they've they, I, they've changed over the years. I've I've spent an awful lot of money on personal development, business coaching. Um, you know, I, I think the one that radically transformed the way that I I thought about business um, was Tony Robbins. I don't listen to him much anymore. Um, but I have I have three coaches right now. You know, Dan Sullivan was a coach of mine for four years, strategic coach. Um, you know, just, just guys that forced me to think about my life in such a big way in terms of anything being possible. Um, yeah. Challenging me just, yeah. In, in my beliefs and, and how, you know, I could make more money. I only work three and a half days a week, you know, and, and I'm, I'm making more money than I, I ever thought I could. And I'm making seven, eight times what I did in my corporate job traveling, you know, every week somewhere. And so, you know, yeah. So it's, it's guys like that, Tony Robbins, Dan Sullivan, um, couple real estate coaches, Bob Corcoran, um, uh, in the real estate I'm going to go ahead and ask you one more question um, before before I let you go. Um, so you say you work three and a half days in a week. How does the rest of the week look like for you? Tell us a little bit about the private Lars. Yeah. So I've got a nine-year-old and an 11-year-old. So, uh, really helping, helping them grow up, you know, to be, um, to be, you know, adults that contribute to society rather than take away from it. I've got a wife, uh, of 13 years this year that I spend time with. Um, physically, I, I keep active physically. Um, and, uh, and it's not always perfect. You know, there are weeks my, my family was traveling and I, I booked every bit of five days. Um, I worked a couple 12 hour days, uh, when they were gone because I knew I could do it and I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be missing out on anything else. Um, I'm also, a uh, I've got a men's group. I, i I believe in God and Jesus and, and so that's an active part hobbies? of my life. We're in a church, um, those sorts of things. So, I mean, hobbies, I, that's where I fall down in a, in a, in a miserable way. Um, I, I always say like my kids are my hobbies and, and business is my hobby. I, I run, I run about an hour a day where I consider that to almost be a little bit of a hobby. Cause I'm just, I'm out with my thoughts and it's really, it really decompresses me. Um, but I, I can't sit down <laughs> I agree. and like basket I agree. That's the most like boring that. thing. Um, I don't I mean, golf. I, I was could, golfing know, for a, a few years because of a friend of mine. And I don't yeah. know, that's just not for me. Yeah. I prefer playing squash or something like that, which is high, high intensity. Uh, but walking around the woods and trying to find my yeah. balls, what that was just not my cup of tea. Well, Lars, it was a pleasure having you uh, as a yeah, guest on, on my podcast. I really appreciate you for showing, for uh, sharing all this knowledge uh, with us, with our audience. Um, and yeah, thank you for that. Take care. Bye-bye.
Awesome. Thanks, Mihai. This has been great. All right. Bye.